to Sunday Social. I'm Vaughan Davison. I hope whichever way you voted, your Saturday went well. And if you didn't vote, well, ah, you people, honestly. Well, we've got the cracker of a show lined up tonight, show number 182. Quite exciting. I'd love you to be part of it. Text me 3920, keyword live, that'll pop up right in front of me. And as always, as uh, as Samantha Kelly, tweeting goddess, uh, exhorted you to do last week, uh, tweet me, tweet me at Vaughan Davis. Later on, the incomparable Mr. Paul Brislin with the, well, a selection of apps and websites designed to help you deal to deal with uh, coming out the back end of a tumultuous election campaign, uh, in- including including how to get a drink wherever you are and hmm, how to send poo to someone you don't like, which uh, th- there may be an election link there. First, though, have a listen to this. works for New Zealand Trade and Enterprise, helping New Zealand companies connect to overseas markets. He's also a TED speaker, author and one-time comedian. His next book, Number 8 Recharged, comes out in October. He's also in the thick of a battle with cancer, so I'm extra happy he's come in today. David Downs, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Straight to it. How's that cancer coming along? It's not so good, actually. I wish um, it's not what it's cracked up to be, having cancer. Don't let people fool you. It's not as much fun as you'd think. Not so much humour in the tumour. There is not. Um, that was I'm, glib, wasn't it? It was very glib. <laughs> I don't mind glib. I'm cool with glib. And one of the big reasons I talk about cancer a lot is because I'm trying to demystify the whole cancer thing. But I'm now about seven months into my treatment for cancer and there's still no sign of it ending. So, how, how did you know you were a crook? Um, I just had a mild touch of the, what I thought was the flu. And yeah. I was... Um, on holiday and had a bit of a cough and got a bit tired and thought, oh, I'll just ignore it, as yeah. males do. Of course we do. And my wife sort of started suggesting that maybe I should go and see a doctor and I ignored that for a week and then she sort of started being a little bit more insistent and then she finally booked me an appointment and I went to see the doctor and they said, well, we can't work out what's wrong with you, let's do a few tests and scans and what I thought was a mild dose of the flu turned out to be a mild dose of the cancer. There you go. So um, there's a, a salutary lesson for you, Vaughan. Do not ignore the early symptoms. Well, I, well, I, I'll, I'll take I'll take that on board. Yeah. I, I'm I'm sort of lucky in that I I am sort of uh, pathologically Kiwi blokey, I think. But I've got this flying habit, which yes. compels me to go to the doctor for a very thorough examination. To check your nasals and yeah, all that. Yeah, check, sort of thing. mm. check all my things. Check all my things. So so this this is you know not the, not not the cancer show really. It's the social media show, and that's, that's the okay. angle. That's my angle. Yeah. Is that you know some people. People would, and I don't know, I don't know what I'd do. I think I'd kind of crawl into Michelle a yeah. little bit. But it feels to me like you've you've done the opposite. And, you know, you've been very active uh, blogging on, on stuff, yeah. um, you know, connecting online through through a number of, of networks. Why have, you, why have you done that? Yeah, well, because one of the things about having a long-term illness like a cancer is that it's a very disempowering um, debilitating physically, but also mentally thing. And it's not in my nature to be a person that sort of shies away and kind of retreats what, what, what into is myself. Di- what does disempowering and, mentally mean um, to you? Because suddenly your sense of worth can disappear. You know, your reason for being 
my, you know, as you said, I, I was a role at New Zealand Trade and Enterprise, growing companies internationally, having a lovely time doing it, meeting lots of cool companies and working with them all the time. And then suddenly, a week later, I am now sick guy. You're and just I'm guy who to, turns up to hospital yeah, once, and I'm once a week. Yeah, I'm supposed to sit in a room and sort of lie on a couch and feel a bit ill after having chemotherapy and all that sort of stuff. And I just felt like that wasn't going to be me. So almost the day I found out I had cancer, I decided I wanted to be a bit more overt and public and kind of own the own the disease, if that sounds a bit cliche, and um, and started blogging straight away. And I'm really glad I did because I look back now and I go, oh, I can't remember, can't remember that period. So it's a diary for you as well. It's a bit of a, a real time diary. Yeah, it's a bit of um. Uh, democratizing, there's another buzzword for me. We're on a social media show. We've got to yeah, we are. We we democratize. Um, or getting that kind of that conversation going a little bit more. As I say, that word cancer, see, there's a funny phenomenon about the word. People mm. don't say it out loud very often, particularly, you know, about someone having it. They'll say that he's got cancer. Mm. You know, they'll whisper. Little whisper. Little yeah. whisper. It's a little bit, mm. and anyone of sort of our age or a little bit older, it's actually almost a death sentence, you know, So because you, you, you feel like we knew people who had cancer and mm. didn't end well. Whereas well, I'm no, sort of no, saying... I, I know people who had cancer and they're fit as a fiddle, uh, as I think I've mentioned to you. you. Well, everyone I've talked to that had cancer is doing quite well now. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit of sample everyone bias going on. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take whatever I can. I'm a positive person. Well, my buddy, my buddy Giapo, you know, who runs that ice cream shop down yes. uh, now down... Uh, Bottom of Queen Street, sort of. I can't remember the name of the street, but you know, he 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 was packing tumors the size you know most people would be proud yeah. to call a baby. And, That's right. Um, yeah, right as rain. And the medicine these days is far advanced on what it was. The other thing about it is that people don't understand actually what is the t- treatment process, what is chemotherapy, what does it mean, what's the kind of the logic and science behind it. And I found that quite, and I didn't either. So I found that quite interesting. So a lot of my blogs have been just about the stuff I'm finding out about having cancer and what it's like to be a cancer battler, as I call it. Not a victim, Yep, cancer battler. Yep. And the the great thing about uh, social media or online, you know, online media in general compared to, say, a newspaper column or whatever, yeah. is that it can be two-way, right? Yeah, you do. You get a lot of feedback. Yeah. So I get a lot of really nice comments, a lot of really cool comments, virtually no negative comments. And um, and my style of writing is, is pretty open and hopefully humorous and mm. very um, observational and, and all the crazy impacts. I get that. And I also get a lot of people contacting me with their, their advice to me. Some of it, I mean, all of it well-meaning, so I have no problem with people giving me advice. Some of it a bit wacky. Some of it a little bit out there. Some, you know, quite a few people saying, you know, drop the chemotherapy, it's killing you. What you should instead do is rub this particular thing into this particular part of your body. Or so it sounds like you've been, they've been reading the ads at the bottom of news stories. You know, one weird tip. Yeah. yeah. You've got to be quite careful. Doctors hate this 52-year-old Auckland man. Yeah, that's right. He cured his cancer they with garlic. Him, but he, he filmed it. And I actually said to my, my haematologist, my um, cancer doctor, and she said, I don't care what you do, what you rub into yourself, what just you drink, keep just doing... keep doing the chemotherapy. And if you think that at the end of it, the turmeric that you were, or the you know the 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 the, the orange that you ate, if you think that fixed you, that's cool as well. I yep. don't care, but keep doing the chemo. Oh, it's, it's all in the it's the power of words. You know, the the alternative medicine. That's that's probably the most yeah. dangerously powerful word, as opposed to complementary medicine, right? Yes. Or additional medicine, or additional, give it a yeah, shot yeah. medicine. That's right. right. Yeah, and we're not quite at that stage. I'm a quite a I'm a quite a science based person. I quite like reading the evidence behind stuff. So she, you know, when people tell me, there's one guy, for example, who managed to track down my cell phone number from my stuff columns, and he started texting me, and then he sent me some links to some things, and so I actually engaged with the guy because I was quite curious about where. He He'd got his information, yeah. and it was vanishingly thin sort of sources. You know, it disappeared pretty quickly. Yeah. Versus yeah. going and looking at what's behind chemotherapy, what are the actual drugs and what do they do, and they actually can find some quite deep science and quite interesting stuff. 
So you're getting some um, medical advice of variable quality yes. back when you when you uh, when you blog and engage online. What else are you getting back? Get is, of, is, um, is it supportive? Very supportive. Yeah, yeah. You get a lot of um, not quite me too because that sounds wrong, but you get a lot of people who are sharing their own stories. And that's been quite affirming. Like when I started this blog, I've now done 35 of them or mm. something crazy. So it's been going for a while. I didn't. I thought when I started, it might be a dozen or so. Mm. Um, but you do get more and more people coming through and go, well, my, my brother had this or I had this. And, and I've actually, when people contact me, I quite often will engage with them. I'll catch up and meet them, have a coffee or whatever, because people have got their own cool stories. You don't expect that from someone on the internet. No, the yeah. internet. I don't meet all of them. But often, yeah. if they're well-meaning people and they've got good stories and they, you know, they're just nice people. And that's the thing about this, um, as I say, trying to get that information out there that people who have cancer are not, um, you know, you can't not talk to them. Like there was a period there where I, when I first was diagnosed, where not quite people disappeared, but they almost sort of left me alone. And I went, "It's not me. Yeah. I want people to engage yeah. with me. I'm not. I'm not catching. You can't rub up against me and get a tumour. Don't worry about it." And um, it's been actually quite good the last couple of months because I'm getting out and about a little bit more when I'm in my good weeks. Yeah, seeing friends and you yeah. know, having people come and come and visit me even in hospital and all that kind what, of stuff. What about hanging out with other people with cancer? And the reason I ask is I I'm, I met a guy. Oh, I can't remember his name. He's a pilot. Yeah. And he had a terrible accident, you know, 20, 30 years ago, burnt, burnt, burnt. And part of the recovery, uh, you know, spoiler, it's 30 years on. I mean, yeah, last yeah, week, still so doing well. He's still yeah. doing well. But part of the recovery was, hey, join these burns groups and hang out with all these yeah. burns people. You yeah, know, do, that's do, probably, do, you still got to get on with people. Yeah, but but do you, is, is there a network of cancer people yeah, that, that, that you hang out with? It's a whole slice of society I never knew existed. There's a, yeah. With I, nothing in common except for one thing, right? Nothing in common apart from they're all good people and they're all going through their own little trials and tribulations in their journey through life. There's a leukemia and blood um, cancer society or foundation that I have had a bit to do with our wonderful, amazing, you know, charitable organisation who are helping people like me, yep. people who've got leukaemia and I've got a thing called lymphoma which is a white blood cell. It's the white blood cell equivalent of leukaemia if you like. Mm-hmm. And um, they do amazing work and I just had never heard of them. You hear of the kind of the Cancer Society. Daffodil Day yeah, and all that. Guys. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and they're wonderful. It's an umbrella organisation if you like. But these, there's a lot of um, other incredibly hard-working, well-meaning Smart, talented, interesting people. Did, did anyone try to sell you a daffodil on Daffodil Day? I've, I carry one around, you know, a preemptive strike. I've got. Yeah, my well, own. I thought you could you could just scoop your hand into the bucket and say, actually, I'll take. I'll, I'll, take, a I'll take some of the money. If that's going to take some of the money, I'll baby. Take whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah. But the leukemia and blood, um, uh, blood cancer guys are the guys that do the shave for a cure. Ah. So you can shave your head and raise money, and they do the fireman's um, walk up the sky tower yep. in Auckland, and so they've got some quite nifty little fundraising things that they do and do well. We talked about uh, information and information about uh, cancer, information about chemotherapy. I mean, it's bad enough when you're not even that sick and you search out symptoms online and you just yeah. go down these rabbit holes and go, "Holy shit! I've, you know, I've, had, I've had a stroke." Yeah, um, <laughs> right. do, you, do you have to do you have to sort of slap yourself on the mouse hand sometimes when when well, you? Well, my wife, when I first got sick, apart from telling me I should go to the doctor, she started researching what it could be because I had this sort of cough and mm. listlessness and tired and a few little symptoms like that, and she went through this sort of. This sort of list of things. She came to me and said, "You've got a Zika virus because we've just been to Fiji. It's Zika virus, David. We need to see the doctor. So it wasn't Zika virus. Yeah, yep. You've got pleurisy. I've worked it out. All the symptoms make sense. You've got pleurisy. That's all and from it, the from the gumboot song. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so the symptoms all match, and that's the problem. That's why you go to a medical professional because they're the ones who don't just Google it. They actually know what they're talking about. So yeah. my wife got lover. Um, she 
she was in the right zone, it was definitely something wrong with me. Whereas the doctor could... It's quite, a big, it's quite, a, big quite a big zone. She hadn't gone as far as cancer. Um, yeah, but well, the I've got the did. test back and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you're crook. The good news is yeah. you don't have Zika virus. Well, that's... Yeah. That, 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 that's I was that's ashamed because I thought there was a bit of cachet involved with that. I thought that was quite a cool thing to have. Tropical disease. Tropical disease was quite... I, was, I would have been up for that. As opposed to a temperate disease. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Or whatever sort of disease cancer comes in. Hey, talking to uh, David Downs about, uh, about all sorts of things. Been talking about uh, his uh, his battle with, uh, with cancer. And after the break, we're going to have a bit of a yarn about his work um, uncovering and promoting innovative New Zealand businesses back soon. And welcome back. I'm Vaughan Davis. With me in the studio, David Downs. Welcome back, David. Thank you very much. Hey, before the break, we were talking about cancer and the way that you're using the internet and the social media to uh, to connect with you know both other people who have got the disease and uh, and people who just want to want to help you out. A lot of us, a lot more of us will have friends with cancer than, than have cancer ourselves. Yeah. How, what would your advice to us be? How can we be supportive when, you know, it turns out, hey, you know, Jim's got cancer. Yeah. Well, and, really and, and he's one of these, you know, these thousand people I know on Facebook. I'm not yeah. going to see him, you yeah. know, for six months anyway. How, yeah. What's the best thing I can do? The interesting thing is learn a little bit about it because it's, um, it's not scary. You know, you won't catch it by reading about it on the internet. Um, I've, I found one of the most useful things is people have the kind of empathetic tone without being patronising. So some people, when they're funny, they go, oh, my dear, how do you feel? You know, they ask you some quite pointed questions. It's actually not that useful. The best people are the people who go, oh, that's crap. You know, and they kind of... Straight oh, okay. up. Yeah, straight as, up. As you would. Yeah, cancer. Oh, yeah, yeah. what a terrible thing. And I go, yeah, cool. And you're on the same page. My wife got into the habit when people would stop her on the street because they knew I was sick and they'd say, how are you? And she'd be going, oh, no, he's okay. He's doing okay. You know, typical Kiwi response. Mm, mm. And then she realised that that was actually it's creating a problem. It's just a, a fresh problem. wound. It's just a flea tally. <laughs> It'll grow back. Whereas now she just goes, oh, no, it's rubbish. And people go, oh, okay, cool. Didn't expect <laughs> you to say that. It's quite so black and white. But no, knowing more about it um, and not avoiding the topic. I mean, I, you know, some people. Some people would probably um, put it in a little box and, and not want to talk about it. I'm quite happy to talk about it. I don't mind. I get sick of talking about it. I, I've got oh, sorry, other dimensions sorry, to my life as well. <laughs> well, but, um, well we, can, we can talk about those because that, that's kind of the second half of my interview. Yeah, cool. Okay. So other, other dimensions. And um, oh, the, this, this, is, this is classic uh, radio interview. Hey, you've got a book coming out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so we talked about your day job, which is, um, you know, you worked for Microsoft for a long time. I didn't realise how long you worked for Microsoft. Oh, yeah, very long time. And then uh, New Zealand Trade and Enterprise, which is, which is a sort of government entity, all about identifying, supporting and promoting um, New Zealand companies. And out of that, you've, you've become an author. Yes. Yes. So a new book coming out. Tell us about it. That's right. Yeah. So my um, the thing that ties those two things together, by the way, working for Microsoft and then working for New Zealand Trade Enterprise, is a desire to see companies growing, mm-hmm. and a love of working with kind of upcoming, fast-growing companies. And in the, particularly in the technology sector, it was um, it was a, a, a privilege to work for Microsoft through the early 2000s, where there was actually kind of cool stuff going on. Um, and so this new book. So I've, I wrote a book about probably four or five, three or four years ago with a friend, John Bridges, and John and I wrote the book called, it's called Number 8 Rewired. And the concept there was we were looking at uh, the history of New Zealand inventions and innovation. We'd written a, um, a sort of a small version of it 10 years earlier and thought, well, someone will come along and write a better book. And no one ever did, so mm. we did. We went and did a research about all oh, the historic inventions and the things that no one knew were Kiwi inventions, like instant coffee. Instant coffee, Invercargill, right? coffee, exactly right, mm. David Strang. Mm. So a lot of cool little quirky stories. That book did really well. It was published by Penguin, and everyone liked that. And then we got started getting some sort of thoughts ourselves and some feedback saying, that's nice, but it's a bit of a historic telling. What about the more contemporary view of life? Mm. 
what about the kind of cool technology and innovation companies that are coming around now? So John was a bit busy, mm. um, so I approached another friend of mine, Michelle Dickinson, um, Dr. Michelle, who's, um, who's Nano Girl, you might know, readers might know, and she's, her and I have always wanted to do some work together, and so we said, why don't we tell her an, e- an even more contemporary story with the same kind of lens of, let's look at what does New Zealand do well on the world stage and why, mm. what are the types of companies and products and innovations coming from our little nation, and what are kind of the, some common factors behind it that we can draw out, but by telling the stories of the companies. So number eight, Recharged, it's called. It'll be out in uh, end, of, end of October. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much just along the same style. Just in time for, for Christmas. Very much in the same sort of style as number eight, Rewired. It's a little bit of a cheeky telling, you know, a bit of light, light-hearted so that people will engage with it. But actually behind it, there's a serious message, which is that actually we're doing quite well. We, you know, punch above our weight. Sorry for the cliche. Um, but we do that in some really interesting ways. We're very niche-oriented. New Zealand companies are successful when they pick a niche and do it really, really well when they're not too broad. Yeah, we, I mean, we're never going to make uh, cars up against Toyota, right? No, no and this is a big lesson coming from New Zealand Trade and Enterprise where we work with companies all the time going international and they are tempted to go to 12 different countries and sell you know, 50 different products, et etc. Et and the advice is always, what are you going to be specialist in? You, what can you be the best at? And sometimes that's quite a small thing. So New Zealand is one of the world leaders in manufacturing dartboards, you know, of all things. Yes, yeah. Little company in Catty Catty wow. called um, Shot Darts. Great, great businesses, uh, you know, a successful business is all about setting targets. That's and, and, uh, and a, uh, a dart, like dartboard company knows, knows all about so that. So there's examples all like that through the book of well, these companies in really micro niches doing well. There's an example on your feet. I noticed when you came in, uh, I, was very, I was very jealous. Um, <laughs> you've got green all birds. And um, yeah. so if, if you haven't, uh, heard of all birds? You don't know what they are. Well, you haven't been to a tech sector party recently. That's right. Um, they're a, they're a woolen. They call them a woolen running shoe, but they're, they're not really a running. Wool, not, not really a running shoe, are they? They're, they're I, a comfortable shoe. I have to admit, I have never run in them. Nor have I. A lace-up slipper. And so I'll tell, tell us what, about that story. I got these for Christmas. I bought them for myself for Christmas, and I bought them for my wife. And it's now you know whatever it is August, and I pretty much worn them every single day since. Mm. They don't have any smell. They breathe beautifully. They, you can wash them in the um, washing machine. Mm. They are a New Zealand um, innovation using merino wool, which is this kind of behind the scenes has this wicking quality where merino, so like merino on your clothing, it'll mm. take take uh, sweat and, and um, air away and not allow other water in and all this kind of cool stuff. And um, these these guys um, created ex all white actually, mm. whose name now escapes me. So that's a terrible end of the story. Now a New Zealand slash Kiwi hybrid company, which we're seeing a lot. A lot of these companies call themselves global company. The, born in New Zealand or based in New Zealand. And they'll have an office in the West Coast of the United States somewhere. Have, yeah, yeah, and do very, very well. A great example. I mean, they've got two They've got two products, right? They've got a, a lace-up, and I think now they've got a slipper. They've got a slip-on. And it's, and they've it's done, a niche. And it's all about, and again, a big story in the book, brand, design, value-adding. Mm. So the product's great, but also the way they've thought about their market. So and they're the huge in Silicon Valley. The experience, Valley. you know. Yeah, I've, 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 the I've, I've read stories about and Silicon Valley. And they got Valley. into that um, TV show called Silicon Valley, which is a comedy oh, show. did they? They were there. Right. Once they were in there, they were, the, you know, the bee's knees. So looking across the companies, successful companies in Number 8 Recharged and the successful companies you've worked with at NZTE, is, is there a, a thread, is there a, a common uh, vibe to all these companies? Well, yeah. if there is, tell me what it is. Yeah. I'll, just, I'll just go and do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There is a bit of a... We tried to pull it out as part of the introduction. There's a bit of a formula, I think. First is... Um, get, out, get out your pens at home. Globally oriented quite quickly in their in their lives. So yep. they're, And this is the contemporary companies. We're talking about companies that are born in the last sort of five years. Mm. They immediately think global. Mm. And particularly mm. if you're in the software tech sector, you know, software as a service, that kind of industry, they know that New Zealand's a good test market, but they know they've got to scale. 
um, niche oriented. So they're picking things that are too small for the big, big guys, too weird perhaps, but they're going to be the best at it. So Timely is a great example. Timely is a Dunedin company. They started out making sort of scheduling software for any business mm-hmm. and they realised that actually they were really, really big in the health and the hair care and uh, massage industry. So they now have got a product which is very tailored towards making bookings for a hair care company. Right. They sell that everywhere in the world. Like... And they're, they're, the go-to for, they're the go-to for they're that. They're the go-to. And I guess you, you're not going to make a new word processor because the world doesn't need a new we word need processor. Well, another really good example, I met a company who was making a new, very similar to that, they're making some new video conferencing software. And we were talking to them going, you're really going to go up against a Cisco and a Microsoft and a, a Polycom mm. and, and video conferencing? Mm. And then mm. they came back a sort of six months and said, well, well, we've pivoted because what we discovered is... Pivoted, there's a, there's a word. Might, another yeah, buzzword for you. Changed We discovered that actually one of the first market niches that was successful for us was funeral homes. So we have now changed our company, and uh, they're called One Room now, and we have got our video conferencing technology. We yes. specialise in funeral funeral distribution over the internet, and they've won a big deal in the west coast of the US. They've got hundreds and hundreds of funeral homes with their camera and their equipment. You log in, you see Great Auntie Betty's funeral. You and you watch along at home. Watch along, you feel like you're part of it. It's that kind of niche with the smarts behind it. And then some really good branding, some really good value creation. So they're not selling commodity. That's another big problem yeah. for New Zealand. Yeah. Went, Milk powder oil. That's yeah. a big thing for us in the book is we were we, we hear the lament about New Zealand sells meat and beef and logs and stuff like that. Actually there's an enormous part of the New Zealand economy. Now the third biggest part of our sector in our economy is the tech sector who are value adding, who are doing mm. the stuff that we all lament about we're not able to do. And pretty quickly in the next five years that tech sector will be number two or number one even. Mm. So it's happening. But is, is there much manufacturing happening? We talked about the shoes, the Allbirds shoes, yeah, but yeah. most of the other examples you're kind of talking about are software. Software stuff. No, there is manufacturing happening in New Zealand, specialised manufacturing. You get some really, again, not, not cars, mm. um, not chairs necessarily, although you get a few things like that, but you'll get specialised manufacturing um, happening here. So Composites, for example, New Zealand's a world leader in taking the kind of composite technology that came out of the America's Cup, so it's carbon mm. nanofibres, mm. not just carbon fibre, but really... Uh, advanced stuff and making things like Pultron in uh, Gisborne makes um, these Pultrons which are uh, extrusions of carbon fibre mm-hmm. which hold up the Burj Al Arab for example in Dubai is built on their stuff made in Gisborne and there's quite a, a lot of examples of that kind of specialised not bulk not wide stream stuff um, but you know, the America's Cup's another great example where you see that and Oracle built their boats. You I, know, was, I was thinking. I was thinking about that the other day. Actually, I was, uh, this is a little bit unrelated, but I'll I'll, I'll share it. Um, it like the ice the, cream the, the, Yeah, I know. They say you should always name your boat. I was was the boat really? named the Kiwi boat. Yeah, I can't think of its name. KZ Seven was called KZ Seven. That's right. But did our boat have a name? In the good old days when they were made, or would they definitely name them? Didn't they, they definitely named them. It was, it was always front. bad luck not to name a, a, right. a boat. I don't know. I don't know. There's something for us to research. One anyway, though, Vaughan. If you we, weren't paying we, attention. Well, I, I wasn't involved, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember. I remember the winning. Hey, um, number eight recharge comes out in October, so Google that and find it. How do people uh, get in touch with you? You know, when I say get in touch, how do yeah. they? How do, how do they? Uh, you know, read your story. Well, on Stuff, actually. So Stuff's website has, um, every week I put a, a blog out. It looks like it's going to go for a while yet because the cancer's decided to stick around a little bit longer. Um, num- good, good news, bad news. Good news, bad news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually, and I keep thinking I'm going to run out of stuff to write, but every now and then I get another strange symptom that I feel compared to tell people about. Yes. Um, so that's a good way to get in touch with me. Or number8recharge.kiwi, which is the website. Around number8recharge.kiwi. David Downs, thank you so much for joining me on Sunday Social. No worries. Thanks for having me. Auckland. 100.6 FM. Radio Live. It's Sunday Social, an hour dedicated to social media with Vaughan Davis.
And welcome back to Sunday Social. You can listen back to that interview with Mr. David Downs at radiolive.co.nz under Shows and Sunday Social. Or if you are a podcast fan, and I know some of you are, you might be listening to it now on podcast. Hello, future. Well, if you're a podcast fan, just go to iTunes or get a teenaged um, nephew or niece to show you how and just search Born Davis Radio Live, Sunday Social, all of those things, and uh, you can listen to it on your device. Paul, Mr. Paul Brislin, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm jolly good. I'm not going to ask whether your vote went well or badly. I am going to ask, though, <laughs> did you vote? Vote early, vote often. I, I vote all the time. Constant voting. Well, do you know? Do you know how? Approach. Do you know how many people? I don't know uh, the numbers for mm. this this election, but because um, we all, a lot of people talk about voter fraud. Yes. And oh, I could just you know I've got three easy vote cards from I could just previous. Turn up. I could just turn up and vote yep. nine times. I've enrolled my dog. Um, how many people voted um, fraudulently at the uh, the last election, two thousand and fourteen? Uh, no, I don't know. One hundred twenty-six thousand. No. No, just no. 126. No, nah, 126, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's a major problem, and Donald is quite right. We should be investigating it thoroughly and full, wholeheartedly. Exactly, because yes. the election was stolen. Stolen. Um, which <laughs> I, I, I put into my already quite bulging bag of uh, reasons why, actually, there's no problem to solve That's when it right. comes to electronic voting. We don't need yep. to do electronic voting. Well, no, Where do you I, stand? I, I, yeah, I, I've I had a wing long ding, and hard ding dong this. stand up with Julian a couple of weeks ago. About yes, this. yeah, was he all in favour of it? He was all in favour. Oh, so and I know a lot of geeks who are, a lot of tech heads. At the moment, if you and I want to uh, invigilate the uh, election results, that is, if we want to go and count, we can rock up and they give you a box of paper and you go through and you sort them into piles. Anybody can do that. You really don't need any skills to do that, yeah, and you which don't, makes you don't it need very democratic. How, what, to know what an SQL server is no, or what no. a database you is. You go digital and you put it all online and the only people who can properly look at an election will be the geeks. And that is... That is not a good move. I really think it's it's better off uh, in the hands of the paper gods. Well, the the other you know that trust thing you say is is really interesting. If you, if you put it in the hands of the uh, yeah, if you, if you put it online, yeah, you're saying okay, um, Spark, Vodafone, Two Degrees, yep, right. Huawei, whoever's <coughs> routing all this data, just please don't just, don't touch don't, don't touch don't, our votes. Don't touch just 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 promise, yep. pinky yep. promise, yep. and that's that's a big ask. It's a big ask, and, and I mean I'm not, saying, I'm not saying any of those people no, will, no, no, will, will no. meddle, but but it gives you an extra opportunity, doesn't it? And then there are all those people outside who like to meddle just for the hell of it. And well, uh, to, we'll to, 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 yeah, I am going to take down the New Zealand yeah, elections. Yeah, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be the kid in the basement who's going to do just that. So there is actually in place already today a nationwide network of totally secure uh, uh, voting booth equivalents, which will give you a paper receipt, uh, which anybody can rock up to. There are thousands of them all over the place. ATMs? Uh, no. No. Have another guess. Another machine. Another machine that's... FPOS machines? Yeah, absolutely. Everywhere, all over the country. The Lotto service. Oh, the Lotto service. Anybody can come along, slip, drop in a little slip of paper, it'll spit out the results and away you go. The only problem is, of course, it sort of suggests we're kind of just gambling with our future, also, which is the, probably a bad There's the, the, bad the, the sanctity of the voting booth and the... Oh, uh, and the orange sticker. And, and to stop from stop people being uh, you know, coerced. Well, and, exactly. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of not being coerced. Yes. Hey, but, uh, oh God, I feel like I need a drink about after talking oh, about it or, or after relitigating that. Oh, we drink. But um, I was looking at a website the other day, I've recommended this before on the show, but I'm going to recommend it again because it's one of those websites that is there for just one reason. I love websites that are there for just one reason. Just, just one thing. They don't muck around. A lot of websites try and do too much. They do, they do. Uh, and I take it you're talking about Is It Monday? 
No, I'm not talking about that's, Is It that's Monday. That's a great website. Is It Monday? Tell yet? me about Is It Monday. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Is It Monday, uh, you go along and it says no, uh, and then it says uh, no, and uh. but then on Monday it says yes, sadly it is. That's a, that's a good website. It's a very useful It's website. not as good as this. Which no, is, this one is better. Now, you write this down. Um, WTFSIGFD.com, which stands for Where the Flip Should I Get Flipping Drink.com. So or it's quite, it's or quite, similar. It's quite a sweary web it website. Is, that's quite good. So you go to that website, WTFSIGFD.com, <coughs> and it works out your device's location, and it says you should get a flipping drink or something. Over uh, here. Over here. And if you like it, you go, yes, that was flipping great, or no, that was S star star T. It's sweary as heck. It's single purpose, but it might be just what you need after this election. Although you had a um, you had a strange experience with it. Well, I did. I, I put in my address. Uh, well, I didn't. I, I said, yes, you can talk to my phone. And it said, great, go and have a drink here. Here's the nearest place to have a drink. And it was a bus stop, an ad shell bus stop. Uh, wherein you can presumably sit with your paper bag. Are, yeah, are you sure? Are you sure that Shouty Pete wasn't uh, <laughs> hadn't uploaded it as a great spot to I, to sit and drink from the paper well, bag? Well, I wonder how they're picking these places. And to be honest, I haven't gone to oh, check it out. For goodness' sake, it's, it's it's not it's not the Michelin Guide. No, it's, no. It's where I, the flip should I get a flipping drink? Well, com. but you know, maybe maybe they had a really good time there. Maybe there is actually a place to get a drink at this bus stop. Maybe but, it's the, 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 the modern the hidden equivalent the modern the, the modern speakeasy. Now, going right. a little bit more upmarket. Yes, going a little bit little more upmarket. Up um, I'm a wine fan but you know because of my my agency the goat farm is privileged to work with um the fantastic new zealand wine company in vivo on the graham norton wine in particular mm, we're regularly wine. visited by the by the wine fairy the so, wine fairy so does i don't come i don't often need you. i yeah. don't often need to buy wine no no but normal no. people do well like, and i get that muggles I'm down with the do need people. to buy wine and uh and the the problem i often find is i'm out for dinner or someone else is paying well, look at and you I look at, you know and I, and I put on a shirt and it's all good uh, and I, I head on out, and somebody serves me this fabulous wine, and I go, that's really good wine. I've got no idea the next day what I was drinking. Mm. So in the past... It's not what we're drinking, it's how we're it's, drinking it's, for. That's exactly right. And in the past, what I've done is I've whipped out the old telephone and taken a photo of it, uh, but then you just end up with a list of blurry wine labels. Uh, so I found a, a fabulous new app called the New Zealand Wine App. Ah, oh, it's New Zealand. It is very New Zealand. The New Zealand Wine the App. The New Zealand Wine App, which does two fabulous things. First of all, uh, you you um, uh, take a photo of the, the label. The offending bottle. It then goes off to its database, comes back and gives you all the tasting notes. Which very is quite good. nice. Tastes it's all very like so you wine. can. So it's it's uh, tastes of grape. Yep. And uh, and the bottle. And um, uh, you can also match food to wine or wine to food if you prefer to do it the other way around. You can say I'm having lamb and I'd really like something to go with it, and it says get yourself a Pinot Noir. Uh, but my favourite component is of course the hey you really like that wine, why don't you buy a case? A case. And you can do it right there from the app. So I'm, before I'm go, you know what you're doing. Wham, bam. So it's called the New Zealand Wine app.com. Yep. I'm guessing it's free. It is free. It's because free. they clip the free ticket on those cases good. of wine. Exactly. And off you go like a robber's dog. Uh, if you wake up in the morning and you're feeling slightly seedy and uh, a nice man knocks at the door with... 14 crates of wine. Just let me know and I'll... That's, that's, that's what happened. Yes. So, um, clearly available for iPhone because you have one there in your hot that's, little hand. That's right. Um, I'm trying to look possibly. at the app, but uh, it won't let me at the moment because, of course, iOS is just updated and has pooped on all of the apps. Well, now, speaking of poop, speaking of poop, um, I've, I've got a website which may be useful if, uh, if your vote did not 
uh, lead if you to want the to celebrate in the traditional way. Yeah, did not lead to the result you you wanted to. And again, this is a revisit on a, a sort of website that we've talked about in the show probably a couple of years ago. But this sector, the sector of the uh, online ecosystem, has exploded. And this is this is the the, the not, in a bad way. not in a bad way. This is the range of websites that will send yes. anonymously on your behalf poo. To anyone in the poo. world, a bag of a box of poo a usually, because oh. a bag oh. tends to well, doesn't travel well the in the post. That's the keeps on giving though. It really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Does back, it set it on fire and leave it on your doorstep for you. Uh, no, it will not do that. Okay. But, oh. but, but back in the day when we covered it, there was there was just one, and it was called, and pardon my language, it was called uh, shitexpress.com, Still is, and I think I think this still is the market leader, and the reason I recommend it, I'll give this you know, yeah. two two thumbs up. Two, two shitexpress.com. Um, it's sixteen dollars ninety five US for a box poo. Uh, okay. Currently only horse poo, which and we'll get onto oh. why that's quite limited. Yeah, that's, uh, that but is quite limited. free worldwide shitting. I mean shipping. Free shipping. Wo- free worldwide Sh- shipping. Shipping. So shitexpress.com. So if okay. if your candidate didn't get in, or, or sorry, if if if, <laughs> if, a, a, if someone you hated did get in, send, that's right. You know, send them a box of poo. Celebrate. Celebrate. Yeah. Now no, I've got a better one. What's that? I've got. Uh, because this supports our local um, uh, industry as well, yes. uh, in the form of Auckland Zoo, uh, endangeredfeces.com, they will send you rhinoceros poo yeah. in a nice little bow, all done up nicely. Anonymously? No. To a victim? No. There's no. a certain amount of you've got to front up. But if you want to front up and say you're worth more than just a bag of horse poo, uh, you can you can specify your uh, your endangered feces. Endangeredfeces.com. That's kind of uh, neat. Or Zoodoo. Uh, is the other well, Zudu is for fertilizer, uh, right. and this that's, is that's this is more for hatred in a box. Yeah. So there's, there's a wide range of them. I look at poopsenders.com, and they have cow, elephant, or gorilla, which is oh, quite nice. A gorilla I'd be poo. Sending, Say it with gorilla poo. Um, sending gorilla poo to a lot of people. Sadly, American only, so you can send it to oh. Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, iPoopU.com and a lot to like about that um, specifically, again American only the only site to feature chicken and goat poo, chicken poo chicken poo, that's getting pretty vile that's pretty personal, when you're down to a bag of guano, you're talking quite some hatred, that's right, and then then, uh, a UK only site if you have friends in the UK you want to send to uh, sendshit.co.uk 20 pounds though, that's that's quite expensive, Uh, But, but it does feature donkey, and yeah, I couldn't yeah, find yeah. anyone else that. Uh, no, you've got to do donkeys. That featured donkey. Hey, after the break, the uh, apps, website, and uh, social media news you cannot get enough of this week. Back soon. Vaughan Davis, hashtag Sunday Social Radio Live. Welcome back to Sunday Social. I'm Vaughan Davis, and uh, celebrating celebrating the end of uh, quite the election campaign and uh, an election day, Mr. Paul Brislin. How are you, Paul? I'm good. I'm good. I'm celebrating already. Well. You're an iPhone user, of course. Well, that's why I'm celebrating. Oh, really. get out. I'm a, I'm a Huawei P10 user. Or <laughs> does my Huawei P10 use me? Um, you're celebrating, or, are, or are you? Because um, the phone in your pocket, which until just a week ago was perfectly good, is now in, in very much in the manner of a, a star-bellied snitch. It's obsolete. It is. It's it's an X phone. It's, it's now doubly. Suits. It's not not even an X phone. It's that's not another. Even, no, it's no. doubly. It's doubly obsolete. No. Tell me why. Well, uh, Apple came out and um, in in the spirit of less is more, they decided to launch a phone. And um, we've all got phones, of course. And uh, uh, the problem is they they really like to sell some new phones. So they launched the the uh, the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 8 Plus. But then 
because sometimes more is more than just less is more, they, they decided, well, we might as well have a third one to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the iPhone. Uh, and we'll call it the iPhone... What did, we, what did we decide on? Is it the iPhone GIF or the iPhone GIF? It's the iPhone X or the iPhone X? X. I like X. I, I, I think, they, I think X Apple, Apple calls it 10, but everyone's going to call it everyone's X. Everyone's calling it the X. Because there's a big X, like X-Men. Oh, Phones of future X. past. <clears throat> the only problem is, though, uh, why would you buy an iPhone 8 if you've got an iPhone 7, knowing full well that the iPhone 10 is minutes away? Why I'll, I'll why I'll I'll, well, I'll tell you why. Because, why the, you because the iPhone 10 slash X is super expensive. Well, uh, 1800 bucks. Now, let's, <gasps> you know, let's, let's think hard, long and hard. You, uh, wasn't that long ago you could get it in Thailand? I could drive around and talk to a person for that yeah, much money. You absolutely could. And it wasn't that long ago that laptops were in the similar actually, position with, you know, $6,000 laptops. Today, they're a, they're a grand. So why, you know, mm, you've got to wonder. One, the price. That's the New Zealand price. One, that is. 1800 $1, actual dollars. Yep. For, oh, that's... I, but oh, think about how often much. you think about how often you use your phone, how often you um, uh, oh. handle your phone, how how much of a part of your life it is, and you start to think, well, per per usage, oh, that's per not use. too bad. Uh, so, but so, even so, so yeah, tell me, the, the the eight and the and the ten, what's yeah. what's actually good about them? Why would I even change? Uh, the eight's got a uh, better camera and a better screen and a better battery and a better chip. And hello, how better is the better battery? Because uh, I want no, a better battery. Hardly any better. Yeah. Hardly any bit better. Uh, so rather than solving the problems that everybody's got, that is battery life and um, how awful iTunes is and some of these issues, uh, what they've done is gone off and uh, introduced a whole bunch of new things, such as animated emojis, yes. which everybody's been waiting for. The since, world's been um, crying out for that, yeah, particularly well, in, in, in light of the, um, you know, the, the floods in Bangladesh. That's, that's and, right. That's right. Yeah. And the impending supervolcano in Italy. No, no, we get animated emojis. That's the future that we all dreamed we would have. And the team? And the team goes one step further. You get animated emojis that look at your face and take the uh, emojis um, the animation emotion. from... Uh, well, hmm. uh, take it from uh, your facial grimaces. So the poo emoji will, of course, never quite look the same again, I suspect. The emoji movie's coming out soon, isn't it? Uh, uh, yes. 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 And I'm super tie-in. Yeah, I mm. imagine, I imagine uh, giving, given my prominent role as a uh, you know, radio host and tech commentator, I'm going to be invited. You'll be invited and I, and I, should I go? Should no, I go? it's I, apparently really bad. Is it? So it's super it's Rotten Tomatoes kind of. Really? Mad, so emo emoji. Egg, you know. well, do you know about the eggplant emoji movie? Oh, that's that's this surely is, an urban No, this is true. This is true. This is true. You this look is true. it up you on the internet. On the internet yeah. yeah. So you know and I know, but perhaps you don't know at home. Um, eggplant emoji is internet code. code for male reproductive organ. So, you know, next time you're down at the fruit world, have a look at the eggplants and in and, a certain way go, oh, yeah, I, 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 can, uh, I can see where they, where, how they came up with I that. I can see the wishful thinking that went behind that. Yeah, so not only is there a quite probably execrable um, emoji movie about to come out, there is also in development a movie called Eggplant Emoji, and this... And it'll be triple X rated. Well, it is, well, no, it's, it's not a porn movie, uh, no. but it's, it's sort of a, I don't know, one of those sort of... Um, Appeals to Teen Boys, Snigger, Snigger movie. It's a Snigger movie. It's a Snigger. Uh, and, and the plot line, as far as I understand it, uh, centres around someone whose eggplant is hilariously and accidentally uh, severed. I, I, I know, I'm, no. I'm, 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 I'm swimming, just thinking... Oh, I, I'm struggling to find... the line now. I'm struggling to find the hilarity. And, uh, and, and the hijinks that ensue between, between that, that um, sure. tragic accident yes. and having it hopefully reattached. 
I know. No, I know no, this is this is the true. Third act is going to give them some trouble. There. It's actual, actual truth. Anyway, if if you don't want to watch that, uh, we talked about podcasts earlier, mm. and of course, the number one podcast you should all be listening to is uh, this one. And well, maybe hey, they are. Hey, hey, respect to you if you're listening to this as a podcast right now. How, how are things on the bus? Well, that person in front of you, she's a bit funny looking, isn't they? And oh, you can smell the person behind you. Um, Imagine if that really played out. That'd be funny. Um, but but you've discovered a rather genteel oh, podcast. I have, I have indeed. This is glorious. This is um, informative and uh, and entertaining all in one fell swoop. The British History Podcast, uh, which is conducted... Because Britain by, has potloads of history. It's got quite a bit of history. And um, I'm uh, knee-deep in it. He puts out one episode a week, but uh, he's been doing it for three or four who, years Who's now. the he? Is he it some is enthusiastic Jamie, amateur? Who is uh, a former lawyer who was born in the UK but has a fabulous Seattle accent now because he's lived in Portland, Oregon and, and places with gentlemen with beards and hops uh, for quite some time. Uh, but he's, um, he's very good at talking you through uh, each era as it comes along and he doesn't just stick to uh, he was king and the king died and then there was another king and the king got married and then but couldn't have children. No, he's, he explores... And the cakes uh, failed to rise or something. Exactly. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of exploration going on and I've made it all the way up to the Saxons and at the moment, the Saxons are all um, uh, charging around, murdering each other. So sex, sex, sex and violence. <laughs> there's enough of that, oh, on, the, there's no. enough of that on the television, on the let podcast. alone a podcast. So British History Podcast, you can get to it through iTunes, through the uh, the App Store, through the usual podcast routes, or there is a, an Apple uh, app that um, somebody has put together that uh, gathers it all up in one place. He's informed, he's informative, he chats to uh, readers and listeners because uh, he's also on Facebook and has various mm-hmm. forums. Uh, and it's well worthwhile if you're a bit of a history buff. How, how do people seek this out, especially if they've never listened to a podcast before? Well, if you've got an Apple device, you uh, go to the uh, App Store and just type in British History Podcast and it will find you the app. Uh, if you if you look on your phone, though, you will find a podcast um, app already uh, downloaded, uh, which means you can go in there, and that is quite an awkward process, but generally speaking, from within that, you can find uh, all the podcasts you want, including uh, My Dad Wrote a Porno, which is my second most favourite um, podcast, because uh, I can't listen to it at the gym because it is so funny, you actually can't... Do you it snort onto the machine. just fall all over the place. That really surprises me. Yes. That you go to the gym. Uh, yeah, no, I can tell. You don't, you don't think I'd just look this good just naturally, do you? I have to work quite hard. There's Genetic, genetics. Yeah. It's all genetics. <laughs> genetics one. Paul Nil. So we're, we're, see, oh, I've never gotten into podcasts, even mm. though I make one, um, because I just don't have a, a time or place. Time, I, but you don't I don't, I don't commute. So, yeah, it's yeah, a commuting the commu- thing. The commuting is, is really essential. And, and how, how long are they? The how long are they gym? typically? Typically 24, 25 minutes long. So you can, you can go on in, jump on a treadmill. When it's finished, you go, actually, I've done enough. Fantastic. Hey, and we've done enough. Uh, so the British History Podcast is definitely one to look out for. Maybe it's the gateway drug into a lifetime of podcast listening. Hey, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Uh, my first half guest, Mr. David Downs. Look out for his book, Paul Brislin, uh, coming in for the second half, as always, at Sarah O'Dwyer in the booth, our new engineer. And, of course, next up, Graham Hill and the Weekend Variety Wireless. I'm Vaughan Davis wishing you all the nightiest of nights.